It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Engineered weather whiplash and mayhem all over the world. Flash drought, flash floods, sudden snowstorms, even at far above freezing temperatures. Massive hail, wild windstorms, year-round wildfires. Yes, weather disasters would be worsening even in the absence of climate intervention operations. But with them, all is now in the balance. Climate chaos and climate collapse are crushing crops all over the world. Covert climate intervention operations are core to the equation. When will the so-called climate experts stand together, stand up, and tell the whole truth? What will it take for a larger percentage of the population to look up and take notice of the ongoing geoengineering atrocities in our skies? When the market shelves are completely cleaned out of remaining food supplies, is that what it will take? The controllers want populations divided, polarized, and fighting each other. Is that not shockingly obvious by now? Fighting about climate, energy, inflation, politics, and that subject we're not allowed to mention on social media. Populations are almost completely divided and fighting about everything. What the controllers don't want populations from any side of the political fence talking about or even being aware of is what's being done in our skies. Mass formation societal psychosis. Is the Chinese-style lockdown coming for us all? And about the skies in China, how many notice that they're almost always white? A telltale sign of climate engineering solar radiation management operations. Back to imploding food supplies from PBS, a highly contagious strain of bird flu plagues farmers across the U.S. Enjoy that chicken and turkey while you can. And for those that don't already know it, fish in any form will soon enough be off the menu. Which doesn't leave much, does it? Our seas and inland waters are all increasingly polluted, poisoned, and superheating. The global controllers are acutely aware of what's unfolding, as they should be. They've done everything to make it happen. And sadly, the vast majority of populations have been all too willing to go along. A condition called Canfield Ocean is unfolding in our seas. Lifeless, oxygen-depleted dead zones. If Earth's oceans die the human race will soon follow. In regard to the agendas and objectives of the controllers, let's flash back to this U.S. government document titled Implications of Worldwide Population Growth for U.S. Security and Overseas Interests. This was penned or published on December 10th, 1974, initially a classified report. Here's some subtitles from that report. Consider this. Population and world food supplies. Another subheading, implications of populations pressures for national security. Another, a U.S. population growth strategy. Another, action to create conditions for fertility decline. Another, functional assistance to create conditions for fertility decline. Another, research to improve fertility control technology. Another, development of low-cost delivery systems. 
start putting all those puzzle pieces together and it forms a pretty dark picture, doesn't it? There's still more. Utilization of mass media and satellite communication systems for family planning. Family planning or government planning. And this, action to develop worldwide political and popular commitment to population stability. Commitment from colluding criminal governments? Yes. From the population at large? Not so much. As always, this reminder, unfolding and accelerating global ecological collapse is the foundational factor fueling the sea of insanity from every conceivable direction. On that note of good cheer, you're listening to the weekly Global Alert News Hour, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. This broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate engineering operations. It's now aired on numerous AM and FM stations in cities throughout the U.S. This is Dane Wigington, your host of the Bad News Broadcast. Let's press on. More damning details to come on what has clearly been planned for so many decades by the crime syndicate known as our government. Next new headline on that note, Bill Gates setting up 3,000-strong unit to tackle vaccine, quote, misinformation. From the report, Bill Gates has announced that he plans to create a new unit hiring 3,000 people to take to social media, put out messaging, and, quote, help propagate accurate vaccine information in the future, end quote. That's from CNBC. The move by Gates is a response to Elon Musk buying Twitter. And we certainly know what accurate vaccine information means for Bill Gates and his ilk. It means the official narrative and nothing else. Nothing else is allowed as we free fall into a totalitarian world run by the global elite, if we let that happen. This related new headline, quote, Terrifying tweet, Elon Musk fans concerned after billionaire writes chilling post on Twitter about dying, quote, under mysterious circumstances. Will that happen? Time will tell. Breaking Biosphere Collapse reports in a moment, collapse that is being further fueled by climate intervention operations. Stay tuned. But first, more on the push for a totalitarian world that can only happen, again, if we let it. Fauci's next lockdown may be free speech. That's the headline from that report. Anthony Fauci recently delivered a bizarre commencement address at the University of Michigan where he implied, quote, freedom of speech should be the next lockdown target. Fauci followed the same song sheet recently used by other officials in the current administration. Their top priority has become to control information and demonize those who dare to question the powers that be. Not so different from previous administrations. It's just getting worse all the time, rapidly. And again, Biosphere Collapse fueling all of it. Biosphere Collapse has beat the controllers to the intersection, and they are now more desperate than ever, thus the warp speed insanity that we have had to face in recent years. War has also been the last-ditch option for the power elite and the military-industrial complex. What cards are global controllers willing to play in order to further ramp up military conflict using Ukraine as the flashpoint? Are power structures willing to orchestrate a nuclear exchange in a last-ditch desperate attempt to trigger a nuclear winter cool-down scenario? Which would be the final nail 
in our collective coffins. If power structures feel they are losing control, what could be dispersed in our breathable air column by the climate engineers? Is this really a reach? No, it's not. As I've stated many times on many broadcasts, we know from historical data that even as of 1977, only a few years after the report I covered at the beginning of this broadcast, that there were no less than 239 open-air biological tests conducted over innocent, unknowing U.S. civilians without their knowledge or consent by the U.S. military. Business as usual. Why would we think it's any different now? It's only worse. The moment the normalcy bias delusion is shattered in the population, everything changes. Those in power know it, and they're not about to sit around and wait for populations to realize what's been done to them so that populations grab their proverbial pitchforks and torches and go looking for anyone and everyone responsible. Power structures are not going to wait for that to happen. They're going to play their cards. You can count on that. About the so-called experts that we are trained and taught from birth to adhere to, to believe blindly, without questioning, without investigating, how much does it cost to buy a scientist? Less than you would imagine, and it's perfectly legal. How many bought and paid for so-called scientists tell us that highly toxic chemicals are fine? Genetically modified everything is great. You're not really seeing the climate engineering you're seeing in our skies, they tell us. But some scientists are, in fact, showing courage to sound the alarm. Here's a headline on that point. Space ecosystem in peril as thousands of satellites orbit Earth, scientists say. From that report, a collective of 11 astrophysicists and space scientists citing thousands of satellites orbiting the Earth and new ones being launched at a, quote, dizzying pace warned it's time to think of space as part of an interconnected system of living things. What a novel idea. Life is all connected, and when the web of life dies, we will die with it. And every single rocket that's launched doesn't just blow a hole in the ozone layer. It tears a massive gaping gash in it. And yet we're launching and launching, and everybody cheering as if this is some wonderful thing that technology is doing for us. It's killing us. At every level, modern, industrialized, militarized civilization is not going to decline. It's going to collapse with blinding speed. The human race, taken as a whole, has long since looked the other way and allowed a cancerous insanity to steer the ship, which is now on its way to the metaphorical bottom of the abyss. Next headline. From numerous sources, Germany warns of global famine. Report states the world is about to face an acute food crisis due to, they say, skyrocketing food prices. That's not the ultimate problem by any stretch. The problem is collapsing ecosystems all over the globe. That's what's fueling everything. There's nowhere else to run. There's no place to hide. Climate intervention operations are further fueling all of it. The glaring geoengineering elephant in the sky, yet Denial continues. On the subject of shattering delusions, please allow me to change gears for a moment. Let's rewind to this past report that should shine some light on an event that changed the world. From MilitaryHistory.com, published less than one year before the events of 9-11. Pentagon MASCAL. MASCAL is an acronym. M-A-S-C-A-L. From that report, the Pentagon Mass Casualty Project, codenamed Pentagon Mascal, 
was a contingency exercise that was held in the office of the Secretary of Defense conference room between October 24th and October 2020. The exercise required emergency response team members of the Defense Protective Services and U.S. government officials to conduct emergency simulations in preparation for a possible plane crash into the Pentagon. And imagine that. We are told less than one year later, it happened. Was this a contingency exercise or a dress rehearsal? Yes, a global Truman show for a very long time now. But whatever the controllers do, whatever their agendas, whatever their objectives, the bottom line factor that holds our collective fate in the balance, the factor that makes power structures more desperate and dangerous now than ever before, is the collapse of the planet's life support systems, about which weather warfare has and is playing a core role. With that in mind, this report from last week. Mother Nature cooks up a historic heat wave for Mother's Day weekend. Regarding last weekend, report states a remarkably early season heat wave with temperatures typically seen in August is set to bake much of Texas, the Plains, and the Midwest into early next week, which was last week. As many as 120 record high temperatures across parts of at least 13 states are forecast to be tied or broken from Friday through Tuesday with heat indexes combining temperature and humidity to forecast what it will feel like, nearing 110 degrees for some. We're nearing the wet bulb threshold I've talked about in other broadcasts. That's a combination of temperature and humidity at which the human body can no longer cool itself, and it's starting to happen all over the globe. And about this quote, remarkably early season heat wave. That's a high pressure heat dome, which is the signature condition created by ionosphere heaters like HARP in Alaska. And we believe there's as many as 100 of these types of facilities around the globe. They're used, as I've stated in many broadcasts, to create these heat domes in the Northern Hemisphere. High pressure heat dome spins clockwise. That spins moisture and upper level wind currents around that clockwise rotation. It's all part of steering currents, manipulating weather, creating climate mayhem, crushing crops, miring populations and difficulties. If you're looking for your next bite of food and a desperately needed drink of water, it's hard to think of anything else, just the way the controllers want it. Back to the relentless assault against nature from the UK Guardian. This headline from last week, U.S. fracking boom could tip world to edge of climate disaster. Too late. Climate engineering has already done that. But all of this is adding more logs to the proverbial camel's back, which is already breaking. From this report, the fate of the vast quantities of oil and gas lodged under the shale, mud, and sandstone of American drilling fields will in large part determine whether the world retains a livable climate. And the U.S., the world's largest extractor of oil, is poised to unleash these fossil fuels, hydrocarbon fuels, in spectacular volumes. About this report, first... Fracking is an insane practice. There's no other way around that. It's completely contaminating groundwaters forever. It's releasing methane everywhere. It's wreaking havoc on what's left of much of Earth's life support systems. But there are other forms of human activity, i.e. look up, that are far more destructive still. I'll get to that. But first in this report, fracking is linked to higher levels of exposure to toxic air pollutants, and poor water quality, as well as unhealthy noise and light pollution. Numerous studies have suggested elevated rates of congenital heart defects, childhood leukemia, asthma, premature births in neighborhoods close to fracking sites. 
while elderly people living near or downwind are more likely to die prematurely. The report states in March alone, a record 904 fracking permits were issued. This is an all-out race to near-term self-extermination. And on top of all this, above all this, again, look up at the climate engineering insanity. If you find yourself in a conversation with anybody about the state of the environment or the state of the climate from any perspective, try pointing out to them that there could be no legitimate discussion on these subjects without first and foremost addressing the climate engineering onslaught, which is affecting every weather event all over the globe. On that subject from later in the week, this May heat wave to send AccuWeather, quote, real field temperatures up to 100 degrees as far north as Iowa. And the official temperatures from the ground, the officially reported temperatures, what we see everywhere we monitor are underreported. It's hotter, daytime and nighttime, hotter than what's being reported. They are masking the true severity of planetary meltdown, as we would expect, so they can pacify populations until the last possible moment, until impact, again, a moment which draws near. Next headline, Colorado's snowpack is melting at, quote, a ridiculous rate. And this, quote, snow, this chemically nucleated material, unfortunately, on top of this, much of that moisture sublimates because this is an artificially nucleated element like dry ice. Dry ice converts from a solid to a gas without liquid. And when you have an artificially nucleated frozen material, like what we now see, it sublimates. Much of it does sublimate, so the runoff is less than it would normally be. And that's on top of the fact that there's much less of this frozen material on the ground in the first place. Next headline from last week, record high temperatures will be challenged across a 2,000-mile-long stretch of the U.S. this week. From that report, April in the first few days of May brought a seemingly endless barrage of storms and waves of cold air that had many residents of the central and eastern United States wondering when, quote, old man winter, i.e. climate engineering and chemical ice nucleation, would finally depart. According to AccuWeather meteorologist, a change in the weather pattern has finally arrived, but it will feel more like summer than spring. This is weather whiplash, leaping from winter to summer, back to winter. That's the signature of climate engineering operations. The report states scorching heat that has already been in place for several days in Texas is coming to the Midwest and northern tier of the northeastern United States and part of southeastern Canada this week. Highs near 100 in the south central states and the 90s in parts of the Midwest and the 80s in portions of the northeast will challenge record highs set as far back as the late 1800s in some cases. And again, the official temperatures being reported are, in every case we monitor, less than the actual temperatures showing up on the ground from independent sources. The report continues, temperatures soared well past 100 degrees in central and northwestern Texas this past week, actually 108 officially and over 110 unofficially, bringing a dose of triple-digit heat, the report states, that is more typical of late July. They then state the May heat wave is being caused by a traffic jam taking place in the atmosphere forecasters say. What does that mean? A traffic jam of geoengineering jets? Yeah, that would make sense. Or manipulated pressure zones? That would make sense as well. When they're spraying SRM operations over my remote location in Northern California, when we have the featureless skies with no rain falling out for day after day, and they're still pressing on with the completely altered weather for Northern California, that was originally scheduled to be hot and hotter all summer. Now it's completely changed. Now they're showing cloud cover and cool. They've rescheduled everything. But in these days when we have this featureless sky, 
in my remote location, all you can hear is jets going over where we normally don't have any jet traffic. There's no commercial lanes above us, but yet there's jet after jet after jet. When I listen to this and when I survey the forest around me and when I trek through what's left of the forest and look at the death, the dying, the silence, it puts me in a controlled state of rage and all I can think about doing is getting back to my workstation and fighting this battle in every effective way I can of sounding the alarm, exposing the insanity in our skies when I see forests burning down all over the globe, the southwestern United States incinerating. We have Siberia on fire right now. How many people know that? Siberia is burning to the ground even earlier than previous catastrophic years. Americans don't even know this. And again, if you want to know hard and extremely unpleasant facts about what connection the wildfires have with climate engineering, why the climate engineers would establish the conditions for these epic incinerations to occur, please Search the Engineering Wildfire section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org and specifically this report, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. Evacuations also ordered in Southern California as coastal fire ignites homes in Laguna again. This headline also from last week, Worsening Drought Fuels Catastrophic Wildfires. About drought. Please search the Engineering Drought section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. In fact, search... Engineered drought catastrophe target California, done almost a decade ago, everything we said would happen has happened because it couldn't not happen if we stayed in the current course. And that's where we are. And yet we have the whole of so-called academia, the whole of the so-called climate science community pretending the climate engineering, aka weather warfare, isn't raging in our skies. From this report, on the catastrophic wildfires and the drought. It says the most vulnerable communities in New Mexico have been, quote, devastated by raging wildfire and with no relief in sight. Many worry that these fires will continue into the summer. The report states, given the prognosis for continued wind and the historic dryness, it's a nexus for catastrophic disaster. For any source of climate or weather information to ignore or deny the climate engineering component in this equation is absolutely criminal criminal. It's up to us to send them credible data and to hold them accountable. It's up to all of us. Next headline, water shortages, the latest fallout as heat wave ramps back up in India again. Covered this in a previous broadcast, but it's happening again. Now they say highs could make a run at the top May temperatures ever measured in the nation's capital. Question, what are June, July, and August going to be like? We'll soon find out. Chaos and carnage is not just coming, it's already unfolding. It will accelerate, not just starvation, but the heat and humidity mortality, i.e. the wet bulb effect. Another headline from last week, quote, humanity is at a crossroads in the management of droughts. Number and duration has surged since 2000. And they say mitigation is needed urgently. That's a warning from the UN. Here's mitigation. Stop climate engineering operations, the single greatest drought-causing component on the planet, period. As I've stated so many times, it must rain more on a rapidly warming planet, not less. If it's raining less overall, and it is, I realize there's many regions being deluged, climate engineering signature on that as well. But if it's raining less overall, there's a factor we're not being told about. That factor is climate engineering in the whole world, with very few exceptions in regard to official agencies, elected officials, 
the so-called science community all pretending that climate engineering is just a quote proposal when it's long since been a lethal reality the report states sustainable and efficient agriculture management techniques that grow more food on less land and with less water that's their suggestion what total pollyanna delusion they might as well wish for food to magically appear in walmart every day so we don't need an environment anymore that's how ludicrous this is you can't keep doing what we're doing to the planet and expect to live long Yes, the global controllers have orchestrated this paradigm, but we, the population, have let them. And that must change. From ABC News, a new headline that serves as a stunning example of ignoring reality while drowning in delusion. Newest Arizona city already facing major water problem before it's even built. From that report, a planned development in the Far East Valley would add nearly, this is near Phoenix, would add nearly a million people. But where is the water coming from? Question mark. Even as everything is drying up, we have the attempt of industrialized society to keep building, to keep expanding, because once it can't consume, it collapses. And again, at the end of this broadcast, I'll, I'll summarize as best as I can why collapse at this moment in human history will be blindingly fast, not decline as in civilizations in the past, but abrupt collapse. That's where we are headed. In regard to abrupt collapse, in this case, abrupt climate collapse, which is going to fuel the abrupt collapse of civilization and likely the human race and perhaps the entire web of life, how many know what the cloud's tipping point is? It means the point at which atmospheric greenhouse gases and thus the heating of the planet is so high that cloud formation in critical zones of the planet no longer functions and the heating goes exponential. Here's a short excerpt from a climate science site that states clouds tipping point crossed well before 2029 question mark. The report states most life on Earth will likely disappear with a 5 degrees C rise in temperature. That's based on pre-industrial temperatures. Humans who depend for their survival on many other species will likely go extinct with a 3 degree C rise. Guess what? We already passed that milestone. Based on the consensus of these scientists, we could face because of the feedback loops that are already in full swing on planet Earth with climate engineering making all of it worse and all forms of human activity adding to the equation. That's important to remember. I always have to state that because too many people want to make climate engineering the only foe we face in regard to the disintegrating life support systems of the planet, and that's not true. Every human activity that affects the energy balance of the planet, that affects the functionability of the planet's life support systems is a problem. All human activities, and there's so many. But the intentional interference with the life support systems of the planet is the worst of all. And now we are hurtling toward what is known as the, again, cloud tipping point. And that is when the atmospheric CO2 equivalent reaches, it is believed, 1,200 parts per million. But it's not just CO2. You can have a certain percentage of CO2 and a percentage of other greenhouse gases that make up a CO2 equivalent of 1,200 parts per million. So you can have methane, and we do have methane, increasing exponentially right now, and you can have nitrous oxide as well. We are perilously close to this point. If we hit this point, if the planet's 
hydrological cycle ceases, if its ability to make clouds over critical regions ceases, we are done. It is game over. And climate engineering in the effort to mask what is unfolding from populations again until the last possible moment is further fueling these processes at blinding speed, converging catastrophes, leading the human race to its near-term self-annihilation if we remain on the current course. And think how absurd the entire climate engineering premise is to spray highly toxic elements into the atmosphere, which destroys the ozone layer, ubiquitously contaminates the entire planet, in the stated official attempt to mitigate what pollution has done in the first place. And now we know from the most recent study, which we just covered at geoengineeringwatch.org, under the recent top story section, we now know based on the most recent and most extensive study that the notion that you can spray particles into the atmosphere mimicking a volcano to create long-term cooling is completely wrong. As geoengineeringwatch.org has stated it was for the entire length of our existence, short-term highly toxic cool-down at the cost of a far worse than warming and destruction of the ozone layer exactly as we have stated on the record. The entire length of our existence and that is the road we are on and yet they're still doing it and they're not going to stop doing it until we stop them from doing it. All of us, together. And that starts with reaching a critical mass of awareness so that those participating in these programs of self-annihilation realize they are killing themselves and their posterity with the rest of us. More headlines. Wind, drought combined to make western U.S. wildfires, quote, unstoppable. Climate engineering is the most core factor in that equation. The report states the flames of a northern New Mexico wildfire have become unstoppable as the largest place in the U.S. burns trees suck dry of moisture over decades of drought and amid a forecast Thursday of more winds expected to fan the blaze, according to wildfire fighting managers, all of whom pretend climate engineering isn't happening. And we're mailing our booklets, our 20-page fact and photo summary booklets, for a second time to all the fire agencies in California. There's about 2,000 of them. And my deepest thanks to those that are helping us to do this. But this is what helps to wake up some of those people to see printed data, color images, satellite photos, gag order on National Weather Service and no employees to try to get this into their hands so that we might reach this desperately needed critical mass of awareness. Next headline. The desert's fragile skin can't take much more heat. From that report, climate change and human activity are destroying the layers of fungi, lichen, and bacteria that protect deserts from erosion. No, the planet is not an anvil that you can continue to beat relentlessly without it collapsing. It's about time we realize that. No nature, no us. Very simple. As I stated in my last broadcast, for the moment, the scheduled weather and temperatures for Northern California have been completely changed for the coming months, but the schedule for that entire time could be changed again tomorrow. It's in the hands of the climate engineers. They control the spigot, and they, in fact, control the surface temperatures in so many ways with processes like chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. Next headline, in Alaska and other locations, rivers of ice are jamming from flash melt-off. What will we collectively face in the coming months. We'll soon enough find out. Another new headline last week from NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Here's the headline. Substantial global influence of anthropogenic aerosols, that's man-made aerosols, small suspended particles in the atmosphere, on tropical cyclones over the past 40 years. The report states, suggest substantial changes in large-scale circulations caused by the changes in anthropogenic aerosols. 
Here's a summary. They're stating that all these aerosols are now changing the behavior of cyclones. No surprise. But where are all these aerosols coming from? Yes, pollution is core part of the problem. Wildfires, but wildfires are connected to climate engineering. And there is the climate engineering itself. When we can see on film footage, we can see with our own eyes, these aircraft dispersing so many particles in the atmosphere, literally tens of millions of tons annually, enough to cover entire horizons day in and day out. That is the single largest source of anthropogenic aerosols in our atmosphere, and the entire so-called climate science community is pretending it isn't so, telling us we need to do exactly what we see up there that's going to somehow help us, even though we have peer-reviewed science study now to make clear it won't help us, it can't help us, it hasn't helped us. In fact, it's driven us to the point of certain near-term self-annihilation, but they're still pushing this and pretending it isn't already going on. Circus of insanity. Next headline, beachfront homes along outer banks keep crumbling into the ocean. No surprise there. From that report, quote, officials warn that more homes are in danger. That is a gross understatement. As sea level rise accelerates, and it's going to radically, entire coastlines will be lost. Megacities will be lost. It's coming. There's no if. It's when. You could shut every form of human activity off right now, including climate engineering, which is making it worse, not better anyway. And the seas will continue to rise for the foreseeable future. It's baked into the equation. You can't just turn it off. And I'm not just talking about a foot or two of sea level rise. Over the coming decades, there will likely be 50 feet of sea level rise or more. When all the ice melts, that's about 240 or 50 feet of sea level rise. And I hear from people that say, no, that won't change sea level rise because if ice is on the ocean, it's already displacing seawater. That's true. But on land masses, like Greenland and Antarctica, there's ice sheets two miles thick or more. And all of that is going to melt at some point and likely far sooner than anything we've been told. And as that weight dissipates off the landmass, the landmass rises. I've been over this in past broadcasts, creating what's called glacial rebound, displaces even more ocean. It's a given. Coastal everything is done. It's on borrowed time at this point. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen very, very quickly. And it doesn't take but a foot or two to completely alter coastlines. Miami, again, already spending a billion dollars a year trying to keep streets dry. Once you can't hide the totality and severity of what's unfolding from populations, the game will change right then. The power structure will play big cards before they think that's going to happen. The moment before, they will play the cards they have because they cannot afford populations to wake up and realize the totality of what's unfolding. They can't afford that. Next headline, from parts of Queenland, expecting highest May rainfall on record with storms to lash the state. The land down under, first droughted into oblivion, then incinerated, and now deluged. Climate engineering core to all of it. Next headline, from many major sources, quote, flying insect numbers have plunged, they say, by 60%. The actual number is far higher still. Since 2004, that's a Great Britain survey, Scientists stated that the drop was, quote, terrifying as life on Earth depends on insects. Yes, it does. That's why I've stated so many times on this broadcast, no insects, no people. No trees, no people. Dead ocean, no people. No ozone layer, no people. All of it happening at once. In regard to the insects, the actual numbers are 80 to 90%. But mainstream sources won't tell you that yet. You might panic. Next headline. 
Let me get back to the drought scenario, climate engineering at the core of that equation in every case, because when you can shut off the rainfall, you destabilize food supplies, thus you destabilize populations. Certainly serves those in power very, very well. Not a new model for them, one they've used over and over and over. From last week, new report reveals troubling trend in Europe heading into summer. The report states... The study analyzed the ongoing drought situation across the continent and revealed concerning signs in some of the region's vital river basins. Translates into crops, crop production, no water, no civilization. Next headline, same theme, world drought gets worse. Cities ration. From that report, an international team led by the University of Cambridge found that after long-term drying trend in Europe, drought conditions since 2015 suddenly intensified beyond anything in the past 2,000 years. Sounds like the west coast of the U.S., worst drought in at least 1,200 years. Climate engineering at the core in both cases. Next headline, Chile faces the largest mega drought in history. Now we're down to South America. Same story. Our country has, quote, changed forever. From that report, it's another earthquake, a different and silent one. It affects agriculture, livestock, and also endangers human consumption. Chile accumulates 13 years of the worst drought in its history, driven by, they say, global warming. No. Climate engineering. That doesn't mean global warming isn't real. In fact, what we face is far worse than global warming. We face an abrupt climate collapse, every form of human activity contributing to that, but climate engineering at the core. It's not a this or that equation. It's a this and that. All of these things combined. The current mega drought, the report states, could eventually become a, quote, new normal. It will become a new normal if the climate engineers want it to be a new normal because they control the spigot. They say climate change is here to stay. No, if you stopped climate engineering and allowed the hydrological cycle to resume, the drought part of this equation would change radically. Radically. It doesn't mean our troubles are over. They're just beginning. But at least it would rain if the planet's life support systems are still functioning. The report states the country is exploring speeding up the development of desalinization plants along its entire coast, an operation that involves several billion dollars. And the country intends to spend over the next few years to at least ensure water for its inhabitants. What a great idea, desalinization plants, except that it's actually a leap from the frying pan into the fire. And the Chilean government already knew that. The next headline from two years before the report I just covered was published is proof that the Chilean government knew full well the destructiveness of desalinization. Here's the report from two years earlier. Quote, is the cost of Chile's freshwater too high? Question mark. The salt they pump back in kills everything. What are they referring to? The contamination that comes from the desalinization plants is killing everything in the ocean. So-called technology fixing it. And now they're going to ramp this up to a massive scale when they already know this technology is killing the oceans, contaminating the oceans. We're contaminating the entire planet. We're turning the planet into a toxic wasteland. Few more headlines on that front before I get to the bottom line of the abrupt collapse that's coming. I want to summarize that. Next headline, Maine CDC issues warning on eating freshwater fish from several state bodies of water. Next headline, global megabanks are tanking the same ones that the Fed bailed out in 2019. Next headline, the last thing the polarized U.S. needs is a spike in food prices and a collapse in 401ks. It's probably going to get both. That's all the headline. Next headline, U.S. takes unprecedented steps to replenish Colorado River's Lake Powell. What are the steps? Just don't let any water out. 
What happens to everybody downstream? That's not hard to figure out. Next headline. U.S. East Coast diesel stockpiles hit record low as fuel crisis nears. It's going to get worse on every front. This is not a bump in the road. It's the end of the road. Next headline. The world faces unprecedented hunger crisis. Millions of people will be pushed into extreme poverty. Will be? They're there. They've been there. It's going to increase rapidly from here. Next headline. Fed unleashes biggest rate hike since bursting the dot-com bubble. Juggling financial houses of cards won't do anything to avert unfolding biosphere collapse. I'll get to that in a moment. Next headline. Despite opposition and well-documented risks, 5G activated in nearly 2,000 cities worldwide. Few seem to care about the consequences anymore. They just want the party to continue until it can't. Next headline, California warns of possible summer blackouts as power runs low. State says energy supplies could be short through 2025. No, there's no end to this situation. It's only going to get worse. You can quote me on that. California has struggled to keep lights on the past two summers. It's going to get worse this summer by far. And on that note, the rich are running away or trying to. From businessinsider.com, quote, wealthy Americans are buying second passports as plan B for their families, citing the pandemic, climate change, and political turmoil. On that note, what are the factors that have led us to this dark place, to this dark hour? Is America really the land of the free, the home of the brave, or is it a nation in which debt slavery has long since replaced involuntary servitude? Is America a beacon of freedom and democracy, or a nation controlled by state-sponsored criminal cartels that manipulate the masses by rewarding them with material gain if they do what they're told? question, how many have long since become the monkey with their hand stuck in the jar? And for those that are not aware of this metaphor, African hunters catch monkeys to eat by securing a transparent jar to a tree and placing a fruit inside that is irresistible to the monkeys. When the monkeys put their hand in the jar and grab the fruit, they can no longer remove their hand. As the hunters approach, the monkeys thrash about and scream wildly, but they won't let go of the fruit. Thus, their fate is determined. Debt slavery, as opposed to involuntary servitude, differs because the subject of debt slavery is usually unaware that he or she is a slave. Many people willingly submit to such forms of slavery. It's a more efficient form of slavery than involuntary servitude or traditional slavery because one's captors don't need to provide any of the provisions such as food, shelter, clothing, or medical treatment that slave owners were required to provide by law in colonial America. It's a form of slavery that's applied to the entire population of the United States, rich and poor, but may be applied most dramatically to neither. Those who are often referred to as the middle class are possibly the most punished subjects of debt slavery of all. Debt slavery as practiced in the United States is a system where the population is enslaved by increasing taxation laws that favor creditors over debtors, a monetary system based upon fiat money that's manipulated to the benefit of a small segment of the population and generally a dynamic that causes the continual impoverishment of its larger population. As such a system perpetuates and advances, the population is further impoverished. The system of debt slavery is further strengthened, and the population is further enslaved and chained to the system of debt slavery. And now the elite are fleeing the sinking ship. But the programmed control has an even deeper manifestation. It has caused a form of willful blindness to what's occurring in our skies and in the societies of which we are a part. From Resilience.org. 
civilization won't decline. It will collapse. I've made mention of this trajectory in the past. It's time to do so again. Impact now draws very near. And far too many have succumbed to the program delusion that technology will always save us from ourselves. In the end, such a notion couldn't be further from the truth. Misused technology is what delivered us to this dark hour. As modern civilization's shelf life expires, more and more scholars have turned their attention to the decline and fall of civilizations now past. Their studies have generated rival explanations of why societies collapse and civilizations die. All the while, a lucrative market has emerged for post-apocalyptic novels and movies and TVs, video games for those who enjoy the thrill of dark, futuristic disaster and mayhem from the comfort of their own cozy couch. Of course, surviving the real thing, surviving what is actually unfolding, will become a much different story, worse than most can ever begin to imagine. The latent fear that civilization is living on borrowed time has also spawned a counter-market of happily-ever-after optimists who desperately cling to their belief in endless progress and technology. How many self-proclaimed environmentalists live under this cloud of delusion that so-called renewable energy will magically save us from ourselves, will save us from the fact that industrialized, militarized civilization has all but destroyed the planet's life support systems already? Alternative sources of energy like solar and wind power, although better than outright burning of carbon-based fuels, are not truly renewable. See the documentary Planet of the Humans to learn more. And for the record, climate engineering operations like solar radiation management, which is blocking out direct sunlight all over the world with highly toxic jet sprayed particles, is greatly reducing all forms of alternative energy, including hydropower, due to climate engineering operations causing so much drought in so many regions. Worse still, the latest climate science data makes clear, as stated earlier, that the very premise of climate engineering operations is completely wrong. Filling the atmosphere with toxic light scattering particles creates only very short-term cooling, which then reverts to greatly accelerated overall warming due to the downstream consequences of solar radiation management operations. One of those consequences is the destruction of the ozone layer, which is by itself a near-term extinction level event, and it's happening now. The progress of the past was built by sacrificing the future, and the future is upon us. Not everyone who understands that progress has been purchased at the expense of the future thinks that civilization's collapse will be abrupt and bitter. Scholars of ancient societies accurately point out that the abrupt collapse, historically speaking, is rare. But industrial, militarized civilization greatly differs from all past civilizations in crucial ways, and every one of them may and most certainly will accelerate and intensify the coming collapse while increasing the difficulty of any possible recovery. Translation, the party's over and it's not coming back. Unlike all previous civilizations, modern industrial civilization is powered by an exceptionally rich, energy-dense, non-renewable and irreplaceable energy source, carbon-based fuels. The unique energy base predisposes industrialized, militarized civilization to a short, meteoric lifespan of unprecedented boom and catastrophic bust. Megacities, globalized production, industrial agriculture, and human population approaching 8 billion are all historically exceptional and unprecedented and completely unsustainable without carbon-based fuels. At this point in time, the rich and easily exploited oil fields and coal mines of the past are largely depleted. For example, in the year 1900, it took one barrel of energy to facilitate the extraction of 100 more barrels of energy. But today, it takes one barrel of energy to extract 
only six additional barrels, a radically collapsing return on the expenditure. And while there are energy alternatives, there are no realistic replacements that can deliver the abundant net energy carbon-based fuels once provided. Our complex, expansive, high-speed civilization owes its brief lifespan to this one-time, rapidly dwindling energy bonanza. Unlike past civilizations, the economy of industrialized society is capitalist. Production for profit is its prime directive and driving force. The unprecedented surplus energy supplied by carbon fuels has generated exceptional growth and enormous profits over the past two centuries. But these historic windfalls of abundant energy, constant growth, and rising profits will very soon vanish. But systems of capitalism don't just disappear when boom turns to bust. Instead, energy-starved, growthless capitalism will turn catabolic. Catabolism refers to the condition whereby a living thing devours itself. As profitable sources of production dry up, capitalism will be compelled to turn a profit by consuming the social assets it once created, by cannibalizing itself, so to speak. The profit motive will exacerbate industrialized society's dramatic decline. Catabolic capitalism will profit from scarcity, crisis, disaster, conflict, warfare, resource hoarding, ecological disaster, Pandemic, diseases, all will become the big profit makers, although very temporary. Capital will flow toward lucrative ventures like cybercrime, predatory lending, financial fraud, bribery, corruption, racketeering, weapons, drugs, human trafficking, the list goes on and on. Once disintegration and destruction become the primary source of profit, catabolic capitalism will rampage down the road to ruin, gorging itself on one self-inflicted disaster after another. Unlike past societies, industrialized civilization isn't Roman. It's not Chinese, Egyptian, Aztec, or Mayan. Modern civilization is human, planetary, and ecocidal. Pre-industrial civilizations depleted their topsoil, felled their forests, polluted their rivers, but the harm was far more temporary and geographically limited. Once market incentives harnessed the colossal power of carbon-based fuels to exploit nature, the dire results were, and are, planetary. Two centuries of carbon-based fuel combustion have saturated the biosphere with climate-altering carbon-based greenhouse gases that will continue wreaking havoc for generations to come. Climate engineering on top of all of it. The damage to Earth's living systems, the circulation and chemical composition of the atmosphere and the oceans, the stability of the hydrological and biochemical cycles, and the biodiversity of the entire planet is essentially permanent at this point. Humans have become the most invasive species ever known. Although we are a mere 0.1% of the planet's biomass, our domesticated crops and livestock dominate life on Earth. In terms of total biomass, 96% of all the mammals on Earth are livestock. Only 4% are wild mammals. 70% of all birds are domesticated poultry, now many of them dying due to the diseases mentioned earlier in this broadcast. Only 30% are wild, that population dying also. About 70% of Earth's wild animals are thought to have been lost in the last 40 years alone. And if we remain on the current statistical trajectory, functional extinction for Earth's remaining wildlife populations will occur later this decade. There's no more unspoiled ecosystems, no more new frontiers where people can escape the damage they've caused and thus recover from collapse. The two-century-long carbon fuel fiesta is over 
and it's not coming back. Human civilization's collective capacity to confront its mounting crises is crippled by a fragmented political system of antagonistic nations ruled by corrupt elites who care more about power and wealth than people and the planet. Humanity faces a perfect storm of converging global calamities, intersecting tribulations like climate chaos being further fueled by climate intervention operations, rampant extinction, food and freshwater scarcity, poverty, extreme inequality, and the rise of global pandemics are rapidly eroding the foundations of modern life. Global controllers orchestrating so much of it and populations actively or passively participating. Fractured societies and political systems makes organizing and mounting a cooperative response seemingly impossible. And the more catabolic industrialized capitalism becomes, the greater the danger that hostile rulers will fan the flames of nationalism and go to war. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Over scarce resources. Of course, warfare isn't new, but modern warfare is so devastating, destructive, and toxic that little will remain in its aftermath. This will perhaps be the final nail in civilization's coffin. More accurately, possibly the final hour of the age of man. How people respond to the collapse of industrialized, militarized civilization will determine how bad things get and what will replace it if anyone survives what's coming. The challenges are monumental. They'll force us to question our identities, our values, our loyalties like no other experience in human history. Who are we? Are we first and foremost human beings struggling to raise our families and strengthen our communities and coexist with the other inhabitants of Earth? Or... Do our primary loyalties belong to our nation, our culture, our race, our ideology, our religion? Can we put the survival of our species and our planet first? Or will we allow ourselves to become hopelessly divided along national, cultural, racial, religious, or party lines? The eventual outcome of this great implosion has yet to be decided. Will we overcome denial and despair? Will we look up and take notice of the ongoing climate intervention operations that are raging in our skies and wreaking havoc with what's yet left of the planet's life support systems? How many are willing to stand together in the desperate attempt to break the grip of criminal controller power over our lives? Or will fear and prejudice drive us into hostile camps fighting over the dwindling resources of a degraded planet? The stakes couldn't be higher. And never forget, those in power couldn't do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. We've seen the enemy, and he is us. A quote from Mark Twain in The Damned Human Race. Man is the only patriot. He sets himself apart in his own country under his own flag and sneers at the other nations and keeps multitudinous uniformed assassins on hand at heavy expense to grab slices of other people's countries and keep them from grabbing slices of his. And in the intervals between campaigns, he washes the blood off his hands and works for the universal brotherhood of man with his mouth. Twain saw this so clearly. He tried to speak to it and how many ridiculed his foresight. Twain also said in the beginning of change, the true patriot is brave and scarce, hated and scorned, but in the end, when his cause succeeds, the timid join him, for then it costs nothing to be a patriot. From a Ukrainian friend, this, his name is Ark. He stated the following in an email to me. 
He said, the crowd is not even surprising me with this amorphous state of doing nothing in the line to the slaughterhouse. So many of them died slash injured, and there's absolutely no outrage. Only whining about compensation and toothless statements of, quote, crimes against humanity. A shame to our ancestors. My thanks to Ark for that crystal clear assessment. Question, how many are willing to summon the courage to stand against the fading of the light? One of the most harrowing tales of unyielding courage in the face of overwhelming odds is the tale of Ernest Shackleton and his research ship, The Endurance, which was locked in Antarctic ice alone and isolated for many months through the dark Antarctic winter in, I believe, 1915, till it was finally crushed by the ice and it sank. Against all odds, Shackleton led his 27-man crew through unimaginable difficulties and challenges across the ice pack, across the seas, in makeshift lifeboats. In the end, he saved them all. His courage has always been an inspiration to me. Consider the following quote from Shackleton. He said this, To be brave cheerily, to be patient with a glad heart, to stand the agonies of thirst with laughter and song, to walk beside death for months and never be sad. That's the spirit that makes courage worth having. Whatever we face, no matter how much the odds are against us, it's not over till it's over, as the saying goes. There is great and unshakable solace in deciding at our very core to face the gathering storm head on in deciding that it's not an accident that we find ourselves in this most decisive moment in human history. Indeed, a decisive moment in the history of our planet and for the entire web of life. Each of us holds the power to choose what we will do with the time we've been given. We can look away and we can live in fear. Or we can march forward with unshakable confidence, knowing that whatever comes, we did our best. And conscious of the fact that every single individual, our collective efforts helps to awaken matters in ways that we can't fully know or comprehend. Reaching a critical mass of awareness regarding what's unfolding is the only way forward. We're not alone in this effort. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn how you can most effectively and efficiently help to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, stay strong, no matter what comes. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.